Morning, Southfield. I'm Dennis. This is Brian. Hi. And we are grateful that you invited us into your house today. Looking around, I see that you cleaned up. Thanks for doing that. You make great it's, coffee. It's great coffee. It's, it's, it's fun to be your guest today. You know, we've been around for 139 years, and this church has been through everything. I mean, everything you can imagine, world wars, tornadoes. who'd have ever thought yeah. that the thing that would keep us home, not just on one Sunday morning, <laughs> but several Sunday mornings, is cold. Okay, it's not a cold, I get it. It's COVID-19. Special. 2020. You know, when I dreamed of 2020, it was going to be this awesome year. All this tech stuff, all this great stuff, Jetsons flying around, and instead, we are actually quarantined uh, because of a sickness, but... I'm glad we're doing this this way. We want you to be safe. We want you to be healthy. And so we're just, we're trying something new. And we're going to have a great time doing it together. We have a few announcements as we get going this morning. Uh, we want, we hope by now that you've taken the time to look at our website and checked out our COVID-19 ministry plan. What we're trying to do as much as we can is make sure that in this time that we are literally disconnected, doing social distancing, staying six feet apart, that we don't lose touch. Yeah. Keeping connected is really important. And not only keeping connected, but making sure that we continue to serve you really well. And so there are a few things that are, that are just absolutely important to us. I mean, one, it's small, but it's huge. We have people right now that are more than willing to go to the grocery store and shop for you. Yeah. If you're in one of those vulnerable, vulnerable groups, please uh, give us a call, email us, whatever. Go ahead to that website and let us know. We would be glad to get you to partner with somebody and they'll go ahead and do shopping for you. We're also wanting to connect by phone. Yeah, so. one of the big things about missing the in-person interaction is that we don't get to talk, that we don't get to check in as easily or as often as we would if we were in person. So we want to reach out to you. We want to hear how you're doing. Uh, we want to battle this thing together with you. So that said, we need your phone number. We need right. your phone number. We need your email. We need those things so that we can actually contact you. So if uh, you don't have an up-to-date number in our system, go ahead and let us know. If we don't have your number at all, go ahead uh, on the website and, and you can let Absolutely. us know all about yeah, that. Yeah, that, that form is there that you can go ahead and fill out your phone number or you can even... You can phone us at 815-290-9595. You can send us an email at office at southfieldchurch.com. Any of those ways, we can get that phone number, and that would be uh, really great. We so, promise it's just for us, not for the census. Right. All right? This is, right. This is just so that we can contact this is, you. This is just us. So, so anyway, uh, we're going to get started this morning with our worship. And in, in a time that is, I don't know how else to describe it, troubling, confusing, just absolutely out of our control. It's good to have a, a touchstone passage, something that we keep coming back to. Last week, we, we brought Psalm 91 to you uh, in, the, in the version of the Bible called The Message. And I've asked Brian to go ahead and read that again today because I think it does a beautiful job uh, bringing us into God's presence and understanding, just giving us perspective on where we are in this difficult time we're going through. So, Brian, if you read that for us, that would be great. Yeah. Psalm 91. You who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps. 
shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you are perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even though others succumb all around and drop like flies left and right, no harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched, watch it all from a distance, watch the wicked turn into corpses. Be yes, because God's your refuge, the high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care. If you'll only get to know me and trust me, call me and I'll answer. Be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you and then I'll throw you a party. I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink of salvation. Let's pray together. Father God, this morning we're, we're scattered all over our region. We're not together the way we normally would be. And yet we are together because you're our Father. And wherever we are, we're, we're always part of your family. We're grateful today that you've given us uh, even these technologies and tools that permit us to connect in a way that we would not have been able to do even 15 years ago. Thank you for that. Thank you for watching out for us in, in even the smallest of ways so that we can still continue uh, to be together in a time that is confusing, a time of crisis. We love you. We pray that we would know your love all morning long as we spend this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the things you're going to have to do is decide how you want to use this morning. For example, you may decide to just go ahead and hit the pause button right now and spend some time with your family praying. Or you can let it keep rolling and what you're going to find next is an amazing song that our worship team put together the other night. Uh, I think that I'd love for you to zero in on the words more than ever. Both songs that we're doing today, they are so meaningful for what we're going through right now. And, and know this, they were chosen weeks ago. They were chosen weeks ago. God knew that we were going to be doing this today, here, now. So listen to the words. Uh, if you want to sing along, you are free to do it. Turn up the volume a little bit and enjoy worshiping God together.
set out in this series, this Lenten series, it's called Lies. Uh, I, I worked through the different titles and the topics, the lies that we would be looking at, that the serpent whispers in our ears. And I was really excited about this one. This one was just, this was the one in my mind. Yeah. I never dreamed that we'd be doing the one this way. Having said that, I can't believe as well, just like that song we just heard, how fitting it is for the day. Because the the lie that I think, one of the lies that the, that the enemy whispers in our ears has to do with our feelings and our emotions. That we, we live as if what we feel is real. And we get so controlled by our emotions. We, just, we live in that so much that facts don't matter, reality doesn't matter, anything that's going on, it doesn't matter. My emotions are what determines my reality. Now you think about this past week. It's been... It's been an emotional week, right? I mean, generally, I like my life to look something like this. Yeah, crystal nice, clear. crystal clear, no problem. And, and here's what my life has done this week. Would, would you add a scoop of COVID, please? Mm. And, uh, Mind if I taste yeah, it? Yeah, go ahead, no, feel okay. free. And go ahead and add some uh, confusion and maybe some irritation and uh, lots of frustration. Lots of frustration. All right, yeah. Okay? So, this. That's me right now. <laughs> so much for clear, right? Yeah. I just feel like a rumbling, bumbling mess. I, it just, everything, everything is churned up inside. So to be able to talk about emotions and feelings this morning, I think is in, in just in, it's incredibly valuable. Because if we, get, if we get locked into the idea that what we feel is what is real, we're, we're going to have a really difficult life. I mean, it's, we're going to be in, in living in nonstop frustration. Now, you know, you're working with students. They've gone through a lot of emotions this week. There have been, you know, the cancellation of musicals, of baseball seasons, of track seasons where people were going to 
potentially set records. Yeah. What kind of emotions have you heard that that's led to? A lot of heartbreak. Um, fortunately, I was able to go to Manuka's musical on Thursday night because they still held that show, but uh, they canceled the rest of the weekend. Joliet West didn't get to have theirs, and two of our, our seniors, Mikel and Miranda, I mean, it, there's no other word that fits better than just being completely heartbroken because they put in a lot of work. Yeah. You know, it's not just right. the people on the stage or the people in the pit. There, there are people all around who have now had this thing that they've been working on seven, eight hours a day some days. Well, and, and parents didn't even get a chance to yeah. see it. Yeah. And it, right? it just, I mean, it's just really devastating. Just all completely, it was just ripped away from them. Yeah. And, and that, that heartache is real. Um, another one I think of is, is Jared Beaker. Jared decided this year that uh, he wanted to go out for the volleyball team. Put himself out there and ended up making the team. He started selling um, fundraising shirts, you know, selling shirts for fundraisers. And, and it, it's just heartbreaking to see before he ever gets to, to play this sport that he, that he went for, uh, the season's over and season done. Over. And it, it just there's just no words for that because yeah. he's not going to have that chance again, that opportunity again. And that, that hurts. So there's been yeah. a lot of hurt. There's been a lot of anger. Yeah, uh, a, lot a lot of anger. A lot of frustration lot of anger. and sadness. Yeah. I think of, you know, Nate, my son, your brother. He's, he's in his senior year at college. This is supposed to be the capstone of everything. He finds out the other day graduation is canceled. All of classes are canceled. This is the season where... Job fairs are supposed to be happening, and now not only are the job fairs called off, but we're looking at 20% 20, 20 unemployment within a month, and that's, and that's what he's walking into. So just all of these emotions. Now, if you can imagine, if you live as if your, your feelings are reality, if what you feel is real, well, if what you feel right now is disappointment, then you just view all of light, all of the world as disappointing. Everything's a letdown to you. Or if, if you live as if anger, you know, anger is real and, it's, and that, that's, that's describing your reality, then you're just going to be, you're going to be kicking the dog. You know, you're going to be ticked at everything all the time. So I really think in large part it is a lie from the enemy to get us to believe that our feelings are reality rather than the word of God or rather than what's going on around us, our feelings are are what are real. Many years ago now, I had a conversation with uh, Roger Swank. Roger and Janet attended this church since I was a kid, literally. I mean, about the same time I was born. And a couple years ago, Roger went home to be with the Lord, and now Janet is down in southern Illinois in a, in a memory care unit. And I was having a conversation with Roger about a season they went through in their marriage. Uh, Janet had gone through some deep depression and she was going through a lot of emotional turmoil. And Roger, Roger was just a very level person. Not a lot of high happy, not a lot of low depression or anger. He just, he was always guy. very steady, yeah. very steady. Mm -hmm. And he, he loved to deal with facts. He loved to deal with logic. He didn't know what to do with a spouse who was just absolutely depressed. And they went to a counselor to talk and the counselor suggested to Roger, and he took this advice to heart, the, the counselor said to him, you need to treat Janet's emotions and feelings as if they are real because that's her.
her reality right now. Hmm. Now, what he said is, I think that's great advice, and it's a little bit different than what I'm saying right now, because right. a lot of times when a person is living as if their feelings are real, what we do is we come alongside them, we try to fix them, change them, explain. Here, here are three or four facts. You know, I could say to Nate, hey, don't worry. In six months, the economy will be fine. Here's you, a Google article I just read that says it's all going to be good. Right. All the facts, and that's supposed to fix it. And the person doesn't, they're not a project to be fixed. They're a person with emotions, and, and it hurts. It hurts deeply. And, and really what they need in that moment is not for us to explain, but to empathize, to really empathize with them. So, I'm not saying that you should ignore emotions. Emotions matter. But we can't live in the lie of Satan that our emotions are actually the reality that's before us. Now, let me, let me go with another lie because there's another angle on this too. Growing up and, and on into my early adulthood, we used to use a booklet to explain how faith works and how the Christian life works. And it, and it had some imagery that involved a train. So we brought, we brought my train this morning. This is actually, I was the first grandchild in my, I'm sorry, the first grandson in my family. There were three granddaughters, and then I came along. And my grandmother, for my birth, uh, bought me a train from Sears Roebuck. So this is a 57-year-old train, if you awesome. can imagine that. Love this thing. Set it up around the Christmas tree. You'd put the little smoke droplets in there. It would smoke and chug, and it was the best. In this, in this booklet, they used, they used a train to describe the Christian life. So they said the train engine, the locomotive, these are the facts of the faith. So this is the Bible. Okay. This is Jesus. This is Jesus' death on the cross. This is theology. This is, this is truth. These are the facts. Truth, yeah. Unchanging truth. So that was, the, that was the locomotive. Now, they had another car involved in this because it was a, a steam engine. It needed coal. So they had, a, they had a coal car behind it. Now, I love this part of this particular set. All the other cars have a coupler that can couple and uncouple, but the locomotive and the coal car have a hook. They can't come apart. And that's because they have to be inseparable. You couldn't just decide to put any other car behind that. You needed the coal to go into the locomotive so that the steam could be created. So in, in the booklet, they were saying the locomotive is the facts and the coal car, the coal is, the, is your faith. Okay. So you put faith into the facts. And as you're putting faith into the facts, this is what makes your life go. This is what, this is what runs your Christian life. Now, there was a third point that they tried to make. And that is that we have emotions and we have feelings. And for a lot of people, they, they interpret the facts and their faith through their emotional state. And so it can distort the facts or it can distort our faith. So the example they used was a caboose. I loved this caboose as a kid. I loved the color. I loved the little gate on the back. I'd put the conductor back there and he'd go <laughs> riding around and whatever. So the nice little coupler, it couples together. So now the train can go. But, but part of the point that they made in the booklet was the caboose 
is not really necessary for the running of the train. It doesn't provide fuel. It did, it's just, it's a place you go to sleep on a long journey, but, but it's not really matter. It, not, it doesn't really matter. You can, you can decouple the caboose, and this thing can still run just fine. So part of what they were saying through that was that your emotions really don't matter. They're really not part of this. And if, and if you took it kind of to a logical extreme, it was like, we don't need emotions in order to have a healthy Christian life. It's not necessary. But I think that defies what the Bible teaches. We, we read that we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Every part of us absolutely matters, including our emotions, including our feelings. The, the deep emotions you're feeling today, you don't just decouple them and send them away. They're part of you. They're a part of you. And what we need to do is learn how to handle our emotions in a really spiritually mature way. So as I looked at this analogy, you know, I was trying to think of emotions as the caboose. I tried to think of different cars that I might put on there instead. I remember when you pulled this out when we were kids. And there were all kinds of different cars, but some of my favorites, you had the, the blue box car. This, I love the blue, the blue box. Cops, yeah. box car. It's one yeah. of my favorites. I love the color. It's the B&O Railroad, and, you know, that, that was That's really... the hobos hopped on. So, exactly, right? <laughs> so, and one of them, I have a white one that actually the doors open and close, not that one. So um, how about the oil car? Yeah. I love the oil car. The oil car was really cool. And, you know, you could say, well, I mean, it's a kind of fuel. You need that fuel in order for your faith to work. But, you know, I think more realistically, as I look at this analogy, our emotions, our emotions are the track. Our emotions are the track on which our Christian life runs. So you start thinking through that analogy. You can, you can have the facts, and you can fuel them with faith. But if your emotions are in a broken state, your locomotive is going to go yeah. tumbling off the track. If the tracks are warped, if there's any inconsistency, if, if you're riding along and all of a sudden, whoops, there's a piece of missing track, you're, you're really good. You're going to get off the rails real fast. Or, or maybe like my set, you had, you know, you come to a season in your life, kind of like we could call it COVID-19, <laughs> where all of a sudden you're thrown a curve. And now, your train is just, it's going in a totally different direction than you intended in the first place. I really believe that God, God wants us to work on our emotional health. And as we work on our emotional health, our Christian life runs the way God intended. So he wants us to live with, with emotional maturity, with emotional healthiness, and there's, there's a degree to which we really need to focus on our emotions. You know, you think about Jesus on earth. He was an incredibly emotional human being. I mean, we're going to be gone for a few weeks, but let's, let's hope and pray that we can be back together on Easter Sunday. If Easter Sunday you came in here, and I was out in the gathering space, just flipping over the chairs, the chairs that are usually out there, I'm just flipping them. I think most of you would look and say, Dennis has just become completely unhinged. Yeah. You'd probably back up. You'd sure accuse me of being angry, mm -hmm. and maybe angry in a sinful way. Jesus goes into the temple, flipping tables, a, an expression of raw emotion, just raw emotion. You have the emotion at the death of his uh, friend Lazarus. 
The shortest verse in the Bible, John eleven thirty five. 35. You know it. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. He wept. And, you know, a lot of sermons have been given as to why he wept. I really believe he just, he looked at the way sin had impacted human beings. He looks at Mary and Martha, who he, he loves so much, kind of like he's looking at our world right now, looking at people he loves, and they're going through suffering that's the result of the fingerprints of sin being all over our world, and it breaks his heart. We read that he was moved with compassion for people. It's that Greek word, splonknon. It's one of my favorites. It refers to your guts. You know, you feel something right here for another person. You care about them. You care about them so deeply that you've got to do something about it. Jesus was an emotional person, and I believe that Jesus was an incredibly emotionally healthy person. And a large part, the reason he had such emotional health are the times we read about when he went off by himself to pray to his father. He spent those times in the presence of God, and that was really what helped him to be able to live in a state of emotional healthiness. I'll tell you what God has given us. He's given us a unique window right now. Emotions are riding high. Nothing is like it ever normally is. So what a chance we have to get our engine in our old coal car, running well on the track so working on the once railroad. again. Absolutely. You know, in, in 1 Peter, we read, that, um, we read that we're to cast our cares or our anxiety on Jesus because he cares for us. We have a lot of anxiety right now, and we need to give it to him. How do we give it to him? Well, if you go over to... Philippians chapter 3, Paul wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. There's a feeling, right? There's an emotion. Rejoicing, happiness. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. I mean, my goodness, we've had a week that it's easy to not be gentle with yeah. people, right? Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And then he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, or by, by praying and talking to God, with thanksgiving, with gratitude, present your request to God. And then it says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's really what we're talking about. As we talk to God, he's giving us the peace that we need so that we start running far more smoothly instead of the brokenness and the, all the things that have been happening because we're allowing ourselves to be controlled by our emotions, or we're throwing away the caboose and saying emotions don't matter. There's, there's a proper balance place for emotion in our life. So I think it's cool. You, you see that play out in Jesus' life, too. You think of the time when he healed the, the ten lepers, and only one returned to him to, to say thank you. Right. Any of us would have said, all right, you get to keep your healing, and the other nine, poof, right. you lose it. Yeah. But because he had that that proper emotional state because his emotions were, were guiding the truth or were, were guided by the truth, he, he lived that out. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. So what I want to do this morning is, um, is walk you through a prayer. I think that God has really provided us a nice little laboratory for being able to experiment with a style of prayer that focuses in on healing, healing the damage in our emotions. We might call it uh, a daily emotional check-in. 
to just once a day spend some time checking in emotionally with God. This is an ancient prayer. It's been around for, for hundreds of years, and it involves five steps. So what I want to do is talk through the five steps, and then I actually want to practice it with you. I want to give people a chance to see how it would work. Then this is actually a PDF that we mailed to you as part of the packet from yesterday. So you can pull this out. And, and I just want to encourage you to start practicing it, especially during this time of quarantine, yeah. once a day. Uh, for a lot of people, they choose it as a nighttime prayer. Though It doesn't have to be a nighttime prayer. You're just reviewing the past 24 hours and you're looking at them from an emotional perspective. So um, the first step of this emotional check-in is to become really aware of God's presence. And I, I think a lot of times when, when we pray, we, just, we come rushing into the presence of God. Father God, thank you for this day. God bless the missionaries. We just, we just run. We don't stop long enough to realize we are actually in the presence of the Almighty God. You know, we're always in the presence of the Almighty God. Right. We just forget that we are. So the prayer would actually, this prayer probably takes at the most about 10 minutes. It's not a real long process, okay? But you start with just settling in and becoming aware of the presence of God. So I would close my eyes personally, you know, because it, it, it removes distraction. And I'd, I'd probably just take a couple deep breaths because more often than not, I'm breathing real choppy and real fast. And I'd make sure that, I'd make sure I'm settled in. Now, a few of you are laying on your couch. That's just fine, okay? And, but if you shut your eyes, you know, come back and watch. You can turn us back on. Anyway, uh, but you just, you, you stop, you become aware of God's presence. I, I love on the card it says, God, I believe that at this moment I am in your presence and that you are loving me. Wow. To just be aware that God's loving me. I mean, I don't know that this would work for everybody, but for, for some people that are real visual, you might literally imagine yourself crawling up into God's lap like a, like a kid would crawl up into Dad's lap. I, I have one, one person I read, and, and he, he loves to use the phrase, behold God beholding you and smiling. What is it like for you to be quiet long enough to actually imagine God smiling over you? Now, think about that. I'm already feeling a little more relaxed. Yeah. Just thinking about being in the presence of God. I'm already, there's a settling going on that's slow. really nice. Yeah, yes. yeah. So then the second step is to review your day with gratitude. The fact is that when, when our track is broken or when our track is, is not in proper alignment, we have a really hard time being grateful. When we're angry, when we're depressed, when we're anxious, whatever it is, gratitude goes out the window. And, and we're constantly being thrown these great things. You think of this past week, there have been a lot of, of wonderful things that have happened. People treating each other well, being kind. I mean, I went to the grocery store today right after the governor said, we're going to be shutting down. I expected people to be cruel and ugly, and they were just nothing but gracious and kind. It was really cool to be able to stop long enough and be grateful. Gratitude helps to realign our emotions. Now, what I do in this prayer, I actually do this with a notebook, and I make sure every time that I can write down somewhere between three and five things that I'm grateful about 
over the last 24 hours. So you're settling into God's presence, and then you're just expressing gratitude to God. You can already see how even just those two practices are starting to get the rails back in place, back into proper alignment. That's really cool, too, because with the students this week, uh, we're kind of shifting gears in terms of the series that we're doing, and we're really going to uh, encourage them to, to find some time to be grateful to God mm. in, this, in this craziness. So we're going to encourage them to have a, a, a piggy bank, essentially, of, of gratitude, where they're to, every time they think of something, write it down on a little slip of paper or a post-it note or whatever, and physically drop a, a thank you note into that piggy bank. Um, and if maybe it comes from a different place. Maybe they say, oh, I miss my friends. Well, be thankful you have friends. You can write down, thank God, thank you for my friends. Drop it in that piggy bank. And then at the end, when we finally get to all recongregate and come back together, we're going to have them all bring it in. We're going to dump it out in one big pile and just see how much God has given us in this, That's awesome. in this time. That is awesome. I love it. I love it. One of the, one of the writers on this, I, the idea of this prayer, I love when he's talking about gratitude. He says, this is not, this is not just counting your blessings. It's savoring your blessings. So you're really savoring the beautiful things that God has done for you. The third step. So this is, this is where it really starts to get into the emotions. You spend some time paying attention to your emotions. Uh, a couple of questions you might ask yourself is, for what today was I most grateful? Or for what today was I least grateful? And you just start, you just start rummaging through your emotions. So as I think of today, um, you know, I, I, the gratitude side for me happened last night. We gathered in this room and worship team put together these two beautiful songs and the the artists came into the room with just a, a beautiful spirit, willing to, willing to just do their very best. And, I mean, Ryan Kuchar, he played that guitar so many times, his fingers were yeah. sore by the time he was done. And then our tech guys, you know, Dave, Bob, and Ryan, they were just, they were, they were on the mark, man. They were just, they were so into it. That night ended, and I went home, I laid down in bed, and I'm not kidding, I just smiled. There was gratitude in me as I thought about all they had, all they had put together and all they had sacrificed. And, and I don't know that they realized it, but they really ministered to me the way they served in that moment. The other side, i got to admit, I've been really agitated today. I mean, when, when, when I heard that announcement, in fact, you're the one that called me and said, the governor's going to shut everything down. I could just, I could feel my chest tighten. I could feel my eyes wanting to water. The unknown. I'm not normally a person that gets scared. I don't get nervous or worried. Yeah. And, and I just found myself really tense. I, I had just come back from a doctor's appointment. You know, I'm on Emeril for psoriatic arthritis. It, it decreases your immunity. And my doctor spent quite a bit of time talking about my need to stay away from people because of that. He kind of... He kind of scared the COVID out of me, you know what I mean? So it, there was a lot of anxiousness. So to spend some time just picking through the emotions of the day and seeing what, what exactly was going on, where was my emotional state? So then once you've done that, the fourth step is to choose one feature or choose one emotion of the day and pray from it. So you may come up with five or six, seven emotions but then just zero in on one. 
just kind of come hone in on one and pray from it. And it can be, it can be, if you want to say it that way, a positive emotion or a negative emotion. For me, it could be, it could be thanking God, just naming off those names, Bob and Ryan and Dave and 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 Ryan the guitar player and Stephen, the way he oh, the way he plays that that keyboard is amazing, and the voices of of Shelly and Dana to just just spend time thanking God for them and, and for for the the way that they brought about a sense of, of gratitude in me, that can be really powerful. Yeah, so I was I randomly decided to, to read a book by Jarrett Stevens called Praying Through. And this kind of speaks to praying, um, learning, it, it talks to learning how to pray and, and figuring out like, if you think that you're bad at prayer, how to train yourself to be a good prayer. And it starts very simplistically in saying, listen, you need to start with a place where you acknowledge God and then move into a place of, of acknowledging gratitude. So mm-hmm. if, you're, if, you're playing, or if you're praying out of that place of thankfulness and gratitude, he says something beautiful here uh, in one of the chapters, and I'd just like to read it. Mm-hmm. It says, saying thanks to God comes with a similar kind of double blessing. Mm-hmm. There's a blessing that comes from acknowledging and accepting all that you've received from God in this life and seeing it as a gift. That's the first blessing, mm-hmm. that you see it, that you have it. That in itself is a gift. The second blessing comes from what happens in you when you come back to him and say thanks, yeah. how it changes your heart, how it grows a greater sense of gratitude, how it reframes your circumstances. The second blessing of saying thanks our transformational invitation to practice greater gratitude in our everyday lives until it becomes as normal and natural and life-giving as breathing. We inhale to recognize God's goodness, mm. exhale, and respond to God's goodness. So if, you're, if gratitude and thankfulness is where you're coming, coming at um, this prayer from, that's a, a beautiful way of seeing it. I think. So when, as you, I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful passage you read. And you can see, so if, if you live into the lie that what I feel is real, or if you live into the lie that feelings don't matter at all, there really is this, this more appropriate way, this, this third way where gratitude realigns the rails. Yeah. It brings me, yeah. it, you know, I need, I need the facts and I need faith. But, but my emotional state, when there's stability there, it's amazing how much more smoothly our Christian life functions. And it just, it, it, I think it comes from a, a greater place of beauty, a real place of beauty. That people, that's when people, in the middle of this storm, they look at us and they say, how in the world can you be so calm through all of this? And, and they might know the same facts, they might have the same faith. But their emotions, their track is in a place of, of absolute wreckage. So, so we pray from that one, we pray from that one feature, that one emotion. And then I love the final one because it says that we're to look toward tomorrow with hope. I love this step because um, I think that when I'm when I'm praying through my emotions, especially especially when it's one of the negative ones. You know, let's say I had chosen to zero in on my anxiety instead of my gratitude. Um, I personally kind of beat myself up a lot over my sins and over the things that I do wrong. Yeah. And, and so, um, and you know, I don't have to beat myself up. Jesus died for that. But, but I'll, I'll get really, I'll just kind of go deep on that. What I think God is looking for us to do 
you know, I, there's, there's, I need to ask for forgiveness. God, forgive me for my anxiety. Forgive me for not trusting you as much as I could have or should have. But then I think he wants me to say, okay, one day at a time, one day at a time. So take what you learned today and apply it to tomorrow. Move toward tomorrow with hope. So you have these five steps, becoming aware of God's presence, reviewing the day with gratitude, paying attention to your emotional state throughout the past 24 hours, choose one of those emotions, one of those features, zero in on it, pray from it to God. So you're actually having a conversation with him. And finally, we move toward tomorrow with hope. So let's just, we're not going to take 10 minutes, okay? Let's take a few. And I would like you to out loud process this, okay? Yeah. So, so let's go ahead, first of all, and just both become aware of the presence of God, okay? We're going to be quiet for just a moment. God, I believe at this moment that I am your presence and you are loving me. Behold God beholding you and smiling. I'm here, God. We're here. So if you were to look at the past 24 hours, and it's been a raucous 24 hours, what are some, what are some points of gratitude for you? Points of gratitude. Well, I am so incredibly grateful that I have a team of volunteers with both student groups who have been nothing but encouraging. Nothing, there, there have been no complaints. There have been no uh, why me's, why us's. It's, it's a team full of, of people who truly have a heart for God, who are excited uh, to, to try something new, to try and reach all of our kids and do whatever we can to, to keep things as normal as we can throughout this, this panic. Uh, mm -hmm. Another thing that I'm incredibly grateful for, um, as <laughs> I'm going to get in so much trouble for this, Okay, but my wife, and by trouble, I mean she's going to hold this over my head for okay. the rest of my life. Okay. My wife is a very calming presence in my I life. I agree. Uh, I can think specifically to Green Lake last year. Things, my, my truck broke down. Uh, some other things weren't going right. And I was ready to go Jesus flipping tables, but not in the righteous way. <laughs> and, and she just, she had this way of just being there and calming me down, putting mm. that hand on my shoulder and just saying, it's, it's going to be okay. Wow. Even when I didn't think so. And yeah. having a calming presence now in my home for 24 hours a day during this lockdown I'm seeing my, my blood pressure come down, and she's, she's even thrown in a, a couple of funny things. So um, she, she decided to text me. I asked her to make some guacamole. Right? Okay. And she said, hey, just want to let you know the guac is made. And if you want to know how it's made, you'll have to wait for the next episode of Riley's Quarantined Kitchen to air. <laughs> Spoiler alert, the sous chef named Griffey is kind of whiny. So very, very thankful to have awesome. her home. Yeah. Uh, during all this. Cool, cool. So they, yeah, there are a couple of really great reasons to be, grat to be grateful. Now, so start to do just a little bit of an emotional review. Maybe, maybe one of your emotions that leans more toward that positive side and the other that's on the darker side. Well, if I'm, if I'm thinking on the positive side, I have, to, I have to stick with that idea of gratitude, that God has placed so many different people in my life in this time to, to make sure that no things aren't going to be perfectly normal, but the things are going to be okay. Yeah. 
and and for me, that's that's relieved the negative side, mm -hmm. this side of me that has actually been dealing with a lot of annoyance. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm I've been annoyed that people aren't listening, that they mm -hmm. aren't taking it seriously, mm -hmm. um, because I mean we're we're told in the Bible, respect the government, do what they say, mm -hmm. and 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 we haven't been, mm -hmm. and it's been people my age and younger who are just saying, nope, I'm good. And now we're seeing the damage that that can cause. So I've been annoyed yeah. by that. Um, I've been annoyed at not knowing. Mm. It's caused some anxiety. You know, just the, uh, you described it the other day as death by a thousand knives. Oh, my word. You know, the, we get a little bit of information yeah. and there's a response. And yeah. then a little more and then a bigger response. And then a little more and then another response. And different states are doing different things. And we're going about this all a different way. And we're going to every store to clean out the shelves, and then everything's going to be okay. And then, oh, wait, no, we're shutting everything down. I've been annoyed, and I've been anxious about that, um, that it's, it's, been t it's been tough to process. Yeah. So we moved to the fourth step. I'm not going to have you pray right now in front of everybody about your emotions, but, but if you were to choose one of those two and pray about it to God, what do you think you might say? Which one do you think you'd choose, and what do you think you might say? I think I would have to speak to God in my, um, in my uncertainty. Okay. Out of, out of my place of, of being annoyed, um, really to have him do some work in helping me figure out why. Why am I annoyed? Why, what, what's at the core of that? Is, mm. it, is it not knowing? Is it not trusting him? Um, so you're hitting on a beautiful piece because I think part of what we're doing in this part of the prayer is we're trying to figure out, okay, why is this here? But we're really asking God through his spirit to reveal it to us too. Yeah. Holy Spirit, help me to understand why am I so annoyed? Why am I so frustrated? And, and let him guide us in the process. That's, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Really beautiful. So obviously in that section that might involve asking for forgiveness if it's necessary. A lot of forgiveness in my whatever. case. Whatever, yeah. yeah. And then looking toward tomorrow with hope. So again, you've not had a lot of time to process this, but, but what might cause you to be hopeful about how tomorrow might be different? Well, seeing as how I've cheated and already kind of started this, this prayer journey, uh, the, the hope for the future is that God has placed our leaders where they are right now for, for just such a time as this. Mm. Some that I did vote for, others that I definitely did not vote for. Mm -hmm. God has put them there, and it's time for me to humble myself, sit back, and look and say, you know what? Yeah, it really, really stinks losing March Madness. Mm -hmm. It really, really stinks losing the start of the baseball season. Mm -hmm. It really, really stinks not being able to go see Joliet West Musical or Jared play volleyball or any of the other track, whatever yeah. else I would have gone yeah. to see with our students this spring. But it's going to be okay. Right. It's ultimately, in the end, this will not take every last one of us out. So releasing that and, and the hope is really in my trusting God with all of it. That's beautiful. That's great. So, please, the facts matter. They do. They absolutely matter. Your faith matters. I am not minimizing facts and faith. Your faith fuels the engine of fact. But for a lot of us, we need to do some work on the track. We need to spend some time in the presence of God. 
talking to him about our emotions and asking him to help us to come to a place of emotional maturity, emotional stability, just a, a spiritual beauty that looks more like the way Jesus lived out the entirety of his motion, heart, soul, mind, and strength, every part. So it's your assignment for the week. You're not going anywhere. You've got to stay home anyway. So you've got the time. Take 10 minutes each day. Choose a time to focus on the past 24 hours. Like I said, a lot of people do, do nighttime. I actually have been adjusting mine to just, just before dinner time. It's worked out really well for me because some of the things I do. But to be able to go back and do that review, I promise you, if you will practice this for a little bit, you may not, you may not notice like a profound difference immediately. But I'll tell you what, after you do it for a while, you're going to see a straightening of the track that is just positively beautiful. Let me pray with you. Father God in heaven, I pray that all of us, as we have this, this break from normal life, no baseball schedule, no kids to run anywhere, no work, just a lot of things that are, that are not happening the way they normally do, please motivate us to spend some time in your presence being loved by you and loving you and working on the straightening of that track on which the, the engine and coal car of our spiritual life run. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So again, you get to design your own worship. You're you know, sitting there on your couch. Uh, we have another song, beautiful song, that I think that if you'll drink in the words, you're just going to be amazed at the way it is so fitting for what we're going through in this season. Now, you may have chosen in your family to uh, do communion together. Uh, and, and whether it was that you came yesterday over to church and, and got some of our communion wafers or, or you came up with your own, your own elements for communion, uh, you may actually want to hit pause right now and get those and take communion during this song or, or wait until the end of our service together, whatever you want. But, but I hope that you will spend some time as a family, go ahead and, and open 1 Corinthians 11 and walk through that part of the passage where it talks about the night that the Lord was betrayed. He took the bread, he took the cup, and, and to be able to um, enjoy that togetherness as you celebrate communion together. But really lean into this song. Again, if you want to, turn up the volume a little bit and sing along.
some time for our jar to settle. Remember the beginning of our talk together, that was nice clean water. We added all the junk of life. And, and we're not back to perfect clarity yet, but there's a settling that's taken place over time. I really think that's what happens as we practice this prayer together. It's not going to be an instantaneous boom, everything's perfect, but you'll see over time that a settling starts in our souls. Before you know it, there's just our, our, our emotions, that track, that track is starting to get repaired by talking to God about our emotional state. Our servers are going to come and receive the morning off. Well, a little awkward. Yeah. Uh, since there's yeah. nobody here. It's not happening. We are still looking uh, at receiving offering, and there's several ways that you can do that. Uh, one is online. You can go to our website and hit the Give tab and and tithe in that way, or you can go through our app, through the Church Center app. That's super simple. Um, for those of you who find the ease of technology to be something that, that helps you, um, use, use the Church Center app. You can actually set up regular payments on that. It's, it's pretty simple. But for others, technology is not their thing. They still like an envelope. And, and for the envelope, mailing it works really well. The, the struggle you're going to run into is you don't want to mail it to our physical church address because we don't have a mailbox here. We still have everything mailed to our P.O. box. So it's P.O. box 576, Shanahan, Illinois, 60410. And you can go ahead and mail in your offering that way. But 
but obviously your ongoing faithful support is important, and we recognize you know, everybody's in a struggle right now, everybody's hurting, so we're here obviously to serve you and help you, but just want to uh, remind you of that, of that act of worship together. So we've got a few ways that we're trying to stay connected, yeah. and one of them is through some virtual groups using Zoom. We're going to be jumping into that this week, really excited about that. Yeah. What, how will that work? I mean, without too much detail, how will that work? Yeah, so a lot of our small groups who have been meeting already are going to try using this app called Zoom. Uh, you can access it on the computer, iPad, phone, whatever. Whatever you have, uh, you can download either the Zoom app or you can go to zoom.us. And essentially what it's going to give you the opportunity to do is see everyone's faces. So you have like the Brady Bunch. Yeah, blocks, exactly. And you're seeing everybody and, yeah. and talking. That's cool. Yeah, and it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give a beautiful opportunity for us to, even though we are separated, to still feel very, very much connected. Uh, I know that we're, we're actually going to be trying that out with our student groups as well. One of the things that we are going to be doing with students is using Zoom to make sure that we have some face-to-face -face contact uh, with our kids, but we're also going to be using Instagram Live. So if you haven't, go ahead and follow at SFStudentPicks on Instagram. Uh, I just got Rod Carlson to download Instagram this week, and if Rod can download Instagram and use it effectively, then anyone there you go. can use there Instagram you go. effectively. And I, I say that out of a, a place of love, Rod. Uh, but at SF Student Picks, at the same time that we're doing our Zoom broadcast, uh, we're also going to be on Instagram Live for those who uh, find either, either one will do. Uh, but the, the thing about Instagram is it's only going to be my face. So we won't be able to see right. everyone's face in the group. Right. Uh, and part of the limitation with Zoom is that we're limited to 40-minute broadcasts. So I hope to spend that time, that 40 minutes, on Zoom with everybody and then continue the conversation on Instagram Live. So that's, that's how we're going to stay connected with students. We want to do something really cool for our, for our younger kids, too. So throughout the years, we've used a little booklet called The Story that basically explains how we were created, why we're here, and, and how to have a relationship with God. This group, I mean, this has happened with a number of Christian organizations right now. They realize the crisis we're in, and so they're, they're giving materials, just yeah. trying to help out in any way they can. So, so there's actually a, a version of this called the story maker for our <laughs> kids. Um, you had the PDF given to you that you could have printed off, or some of you came to church yesterday and picked up a copy for your kids. But, but you have all these pages we don't want you to simply color it. I mean, coloring is, of course, fun. What we want our kids to do is, is learn the story, and then we want them to do a little bit of their own Hollywood production. Yeah. So I think it would be great if your family, you know, grab, grab the cell phone, get your kids to practice through the way that they would present the story to us. It may be that one of the kids will just be like a teacher and sit there and open the pages and tell the story, or they may act it out. And, and we're thinking that when this is all done, it'd be kind of fun to have kind of a, a Hollywood premiere. You know, just let <laughs> yeah. the kids come and show their stories. But, but we think this is a way to keep our kids creatively engaged, yeah. um, not just with, like I said, not just coloring, but you know, learning the story and then actually way. telling the story. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really, really fun thing for our kids. The other thing, Lila... Lorelai and Shelley got together and performed one of our first 
camp songs. Let's go. Complete with motions. That's awesome. So our kids get the chance now to learn the motions. And forget the kids. Our leaders get a chance yeah. to learn the motions <laughs> yeah. ahead of time. Get a Woo! couple months of practicing. Maybe I'll finally not look like a total dork at <laughs> camp, okay? But um, that's another resource that you, you and your kids can go ahead and sing that song. You had the link for that. And why don't you go ahead and get running with that too. So something that you shared with me uh, last fall was a, a really neat opportunity, a different chance to, to get involved with, with not just Bible reading, but listening to the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's through this app called Dwell. And wow. they've, one of the, they're one of the ministries who's opened up a really neat opportunity for churches and, and church members um, to, to hear the words of the Bible spoken to them with some background music and it's, like it's that, a so. beautiful app. You know, when you think about it, throughout human history, um, the majority of people have heard the Bible. They've not read the Bible. For centuries, people couldn't read. They'd go to temple, and they'd listen to the Bible read. We receive the Bible differently when we hear it than when we read it. I think when we read it, we receive it here, and when we hear it, it starts to sink in some. So what they've done is they're offering a church subscription package for free, 60 days, for us to try this out. I think that as unsettled as our souls are right now, to listen to some scripture would be really helpful. And like Brian said, they actually allow you to select different voices so you can, you can switch between the style of one voice. Of, one of them is an African man. Who has I a love that one. one. I, I love, love that one. I've never heard Deuteronomy and Leviticus read in such a beautiful way. It's, it's amazing. So you have the different voices, but you also have, you can choose the music you want behind. So I love, I love cello and piano. And they've oh, yeah. actually got a feature now that once the reading is done, you can extend the music out so you can send, spend some time literally dwelling on what you just heard. So if you would like to try that app, we need you to go ahead and, and contact us. So, um, okay, so this is kind of funny. I don't know how we're delivering this yet. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to send it in the email tomorrow or if we're going to have people respond to it. So Breaking moves. So... <laughs> Breaking moose, straight here from Southfield. The glitch that you just experienced was because we had not yet decided how we were going to disseminate the information about the Dwell app. We have officially decided that it will be sent in a separate email. Be on a lookout for the Dwell email. Back to you in the studio. All right, thanks, Chip. Well, this has been fun. Uh, we didn't know what to expect. I hope that this morning has been uh, inspirational and encouraging. I, please take the time this week to walk through those five steps of that prayer and to start having the emotion in your heart settle, getting those tracks realigned once again. Let's talk to God together. Father God, I thank you for this time that we could spend together today. Uh, as we walk through this week, there is sure to be a whole lot more uncertainty, but we can always be sure of this, that we can know you, love you, and trust you you are in control. You're never confused by what's going on in this world. As we spend time talking to you this week about, about our hearts and about our emotions, Lord God, I pray that we would see a, a settling in our souls, a quietness that would come, 
that can only be found, that peace that passes all understanding that is only found when we trust in you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks, Bri. That was a blast. And guess what? We get to do it again next week. And as it turns out now, the week after that. So, all rolling. See you soon. We'll see you next week.